0: Welcome to the Flying Solo podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. I'm your host, Robert Gerrish. Flying Solo is an Australian online community and home to stacks of free resources, discussion forums, professional development tools, and a whole lot more. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. My guest today is Chris Taylor, a Canadian living in Spain who's shortly to move to Panama and who's expanding his business into Australia. So I get the sense he's a bit of a nomad. Now, in 2008, Chris set himself the target of reading a business or personal development book each and every week. And by sharing his learnings in his blog, he began something of an accidental business. Before long, a group of volunteers emerged writing summaries from books they read. And so Actionable Books was born. Chris has just, in fact, authored his uh, his first book, Beyond the Picket Fence, where he explores how to make deliberate choices and truly take control of your life. Now, Chris, there's clearly lots we could talk about, but for today, but for today let's delve into how to build a tribe to support and indeed create your business. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me, and it's my favorite topic, Robert, so let's dive in. <laughs> okay, good. So, look, let's... um. Perhaps you know I've given you a bit of a snapshot there, so sort of how your how your business got going, but it's kind of evolved even further, hasn't it? Because you're 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 not merely, I mean, I use the word merely, it's the wrong word, but you're not merely getting uh, uh, having a number of people that are creating uh, book summaries for you, but you're now transitioning more and more into a kind of a training company. So, what does that look like?
1: Yeah, it's been a really interesting process and it's,
0: um, you know, it's been
1: an organic evolution of the business. But as you say, you know, started with business book summaries um, in its current format. We have really three arms to the business. There's the community side where we're producing about 20 summaries a month, uh, each one written by a volunteer, as you said. I'm happy to get into that piece. And that, that really, I mean, it's, it's, a it's, a free service that's available to the public. I do author interviews there as well. And so we've got a really neat community growing up around around that, which is actually really core to the business itself. The business itself is two parts. One is a program called Actionable Workshops, where we've expanded the the depth of the summaries into an hour-long learning module that is actually designed to be led by a local team leader with their direct reports in a corporate setting, Um, so it's a yeah it's an evolution of uh, it's it's bite-sized learning as opposed to the day-long or or half-day sessions that people uh, might be used to um, and you know leveraging ideas from top business books so it's been effective
0: Mm, okay so so the idea is that a consultant will using one of these summaries that's been sort of translated into a an hour-long as you say kind of bite-sized course will take that into a corporate and will basically give everybody in the room a, a good sense of what that particular book is about and, and how they can use some of the key learnings in, that, in their work. That's about it. You know, right. you
1: just grasped, Robert, you just grasped in 15 seconds what it took me a year and a half to grasp.
0: Scary, um, isn't
1: it? Yes, that's <laughs> that's how they're mostly being used now is by consultants. The original design of the program was for the internal team leader to run it themselves with their team, mm-hmm. but we found of course that, you know, a lot of leaders are uncomfortable doing that. A lot of consultants are stronger at doing that. So what's evolved out, that program still grows and is successful in larger organizations. But consultants uh, have have sort of created their own community within our community called the Actionable Consultant Program, where they're leveraging our content. And that's now our our second program and the one that's actually coming to Australia, which Mm. I'm excited about as well, is this consultant
0: group. Brilliant. Well, look, let's come back to that later well, because I know that you're coming over here very shortly after after this um, podcast airs. So we'll, we'll come back mm-hmm. to that at the close. But I'm particularly interested then in, and, and I'm sure our listeners will be, as to how you created, you know, I called it an accidental business, which. Um, you mm-hmm. you haven't kind of denied it is so I'm going to keep on with that thread. <laughs> um, you know you created this business and then people started kind of creeping out of the woodwork by the sounds of it and saying hey Chris you know I like what you're doing I'll write a book summary for you I'll create one for you so how did you sort of handle that in the early days were you were you just sort of sitting there feeling whoa blown away that people are doing this or you know how did it how did that sort of early stage um, recruitment of volunteers how did that evolve. I think it's that whole expression was it the um,
1: necessity is the mother of invention or, or something like that. Um, where I was, I was burning out, Robert. I mean, I'd spent yeah. two years um, on top of a full time job, reading a book and summarizing it each week. Um, so I'd, I'd done just over a hundred of them and um, started to realize that people were really growing around this community, and I didn't want to let them down. But I also knew that I couldn't maintain this and have any semblance of you know a, a business ongoing, you know, and a life. And so uh, I, yeah, it was actually a girl, a woman who had volunteered to um, help out with some admin work and she just really liked what we were doing and, and left on the, what I was doing, I guess, at the time and leapt on the bandwagon of saying, hey, if you need me full time, part time, volunteer. And I said, yes, yes, that one, volunteer. <laughs> um, and so she came on board and part of what she decided to do was write summaries and so it was really interesting and, you know, first a little, I think like anything, right? When it's your baby, you don't, like, well, it's not the way I would have done it. Mm. And then you realize that that's probably actually a good thing to, uh, to increase the, the range of uh, influences. Um, and then what we've really tried to do in general with Actionable is anytime we see something working on a micro scale is figure out how to sort of put parameters around it and productize it, if you will. Mm. Um, although it's not a, you know, so what we've created now is something called the Actionable Book Club which is basically volunteer writers committing to a fixed number of summaries within a certain time frame, six months or 12 months. Um, they basically buy into that program at less than the cost if they were to buy the books themselves, and it almost okay. acts as a sort of an escrow type thing. Um, and, then, uh, and then we buy the books for them, and then they write the summaries, and, and we give them a chance to connect with other people, which I think is one of the biggest and most important parts for them mm. is that I think we're all, you know, particularly the people that we work with, we're mostly solo consultants, mostly solo practitioners. And I think, you know, it can be lonely no matter mm-hmm. how much time you spend with clients. It's nice to connect with the peer group. Sure. So where, where, um, do, they,
0: um, where, where do they connect? They connect online? Because presumably these people, I've, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, well, I know that I've read that you've got a number of people in a number of different countries. So they're they just coming together in a sort of a forum within your business or how do they connect?
1: you know it's yeah we do i mean yes we have you know closed facebook groups and we have some of the more sort of tech aspects but i find the most effective format is we do monthly um calls with groups okay. of a max of 10 uh, volunteers and it's just a, it's just a phone call and giving people a chance to or video if we can but give people a chance to connect there and it's been really neat to see robert because as you say i mean we have volunteers now in nine countries mm-hmm. and so people will actually meet up and i've seen pictures of different actionable writers you know know, that had never known each other before grabbing coffee in Mumbai or whatever, because they mm. <laughs> happened to, uh, yes, you do.
0: to, uh, to be there.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah.
0: So, um, so what you know, what I, I, I'm I'm sure there's a there's a good sort of degree of um, of personal satisfaction and fulfilment just from you know from reading a book, but obviously to read a book and then write a summary is kind of no mean task, and not everybody who thinks they are a writer actually is any kind of writer. So, assuming, and I know from reading a few of the summaries that you you've clearly. You've, you've found a way to make sure that the people that are writing them are good writers, but what's, you know what's in it for them? Why are they doing this? Why are your volunteers doing this? What do they actually get out of it well yeah, yeah there's,
1: and there's two important parts in there, but to answer the the direct question first mm. um, you know I I've asked them that question and the answers seem to be varied. Um, For some people it's the accountability of knowing that there's a community relying on them to write this summary and they've been meaning to read that book but maybe just didn't set aside the time. Um, so that's a big one. Mm. I know for other people, there's a, you know, it's interesting, I think one of the initial reasons that people do it is, oh, I get to be published on the site and sure. we do a you know fairly uh, fairly strong job of promoting our guest writers and we've got nice bio pages and that sort of thing. But that fades pretty quick, I think, because to your point, it's it's not a small undertaking to write these summaries. Um, And it really becomes the accountability. It becomes the connection to the community that they're invited into. And I think the other piece to it is or what I've heard is that um, the act of writing about how you're planning to apply the idea from the book is a really empowering or really um, powerful reinforcement Mm -hmm. um, of the ideas from the book. And I've heard from people that. They get as much from writing as they do from reading.
0: Yeah, look, that's that's so interesting, isn't it? I mean, it must be fascinating for you because, it, well, it's certainly fascinating for me. maybe it's not so fascinating for you after after this <laughs> time, but you know, the, that notion of of um, of attracting people who kind of want to read the book anyway, and now here's somebody saying to them, "Well, hey, guess what? I'll give you the book, or not quite give you the book, but." we'll supply the book to you you're definitely going to need to read it because i want you to write a summary i mean it's one it's like going back to school isn't it you're getting people to kind of really deeply read and understand the book and and they when they're clearly you know coming back for more which is what a lovely business model it must it, you must just sit there thinking how great this is
1: well you know and this is going to sound so cliche and i appreciate that but I'm constantly impressed and amazed by the caliber of individual that mm. we have in the actual book clubs. It's, it's an amazing thing. Like when I connect, I was on a call with a group just earlier this week. And, you know, there was, um, we had a uh, preacher who was in his probably late 40s, early 50s. We have a gentleman who just finished his law degree. We had two consultants. We have one um, executive VP. Um, and, and it's just such an interesting combination of people. And they're all connecting around something well outside of their normal social circles. And I think there's something really neat that happens with that, where we forge these alliances across age, across geography, across mm. gender, where it's really around the discussion of ideas. And uh, it makes for a really neat group. Yeah, I yeah
0: and, and I guess, you know, I'd, certainly something that, that we, we observe on a daily basis within our flying solo community is it it just never ever ceases to amaze me how naturally generous people are you know we we see things in our forums where somebody will end up writing a 700 word detailed reply to another maybe a startup person who has a a real problem or a challenge or worry and they've spent so much time you think this is just extraordinary and and so wonderful. And just, you know, the, what you're doing in your business to kind of untap that. Uh, you know, just it, it's, it's wonderful, wonderful. So how long does a, how long do you find that a, a volunteer kind of stays active and effective with you? Because the reason I'm asking this one particularly is I was talking to someone on a, a different kind of volunteering basis, which is around the topic of sort of volunteer boards and. And, you know, mm. they can work really well and they can kind of fall over badly because mm-hmm. the problem sometimes with volunteering is your volunteer doesn't feel like it that day or, you know, just loses steam. What's the kind of turnover like in, in your business?
1: Um, it seems to be... Be, you know, it's funny. I was just thinking about this the other day. It seems to be somewhere between the 18 months to 24 months mark for our most sort of dedicated. Um, and what I've been, and then, you know, we had other people who write one summary and go, well, that's not for me. And, and or we, you know, sort of gently suggest that it's not for them. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that, that's the end of it. But, mm. um, but usually we have a pretty good commitment for, I'd say there's a th- sort of three marks. There's the right after the one and then gone. There's one that sort of hits, seems to be around the four to five month mark. Um, and then people that make it past that four to five month mark generally stick around for at least a year. Um, one of the things that we 've been really deliberate in doing is putting um, bookends on volunteer commitments, so not just making it forever and ever amen, um, but actually saying you know here 's the time frame and here 's the sort of understood expected level of activity hmm. and it allows people to to part ways without feeling like they let us down. Or, I mean, not that they have, but sometimes people feel embarrassed if they didn't live up to their commitments. And so really having those bookends and having someone, Andy Budgel, who's our community manager and works with the volunteers, is one of the friendliest, most outgoing, supportive, encouraging guys you'll ever meet, <clears throat> which certainly helps. Um you know, sure. when uh yeah, with the writing process. I mean, not yeah. only are they volunteers, but they're volunteering creativity, which is. You know it's stressful at the best of times let alone when you're on the hook to somebody else right yeah
0: that's right and look and i guess you know what i think is a very very good point you've made there is that even though these people are volunteering you still maintain the disciplines and the structures and the um, you know the, the the date that work needs to be delivered it's in, so important and it's it's so frequent right. that you see a business that works with a sort of volunteer type base and therefore thinks well if a volunteer I can't really can't really have any guidelines or have any rules but I mean if you don't it just it completely falls over doesn't it so clearly that that side's sure. working for you.
1: Hmm. I think a really important part with that, sorry, just because I I think you found something really important there, Robert, which is that um, it's not, I mean, if you remove compensation, my background was in sales management and I was running, managing a sales team that was 100% commission based and it's a similar sort of thing where effectively they're volunteering and what I learned very early on there is that yeah I mean people come on board because they're gaining something from the experience whether it's monetary or otherwise that transaction is already taking place part of your responsibility whether the people are volunteers or you're paying them a million dollars a year is to hold them accountable to the commitments that they're making Mm -hmm. you know not to whip them but to really hold them accountable to that and if things aren't working on either side then to have the discussion and potentially ultimately part ways but yeah otherwise I think it falls apart and i've seen that as well it's it yeah. uh, can be a nightmare
0: and tell me are you just out of interest are you still managing to devour a book a week i'm assuming you've kind of let that go a little bit what's your a what's little your, bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so your pace is still good but i mean you've i'm i think from reading your blog it, your my understanding was that when you were starting to read it was to it was as part of uh, your own personal journey and sort of preparation of A business and you didn't necessarily know what that business was and lo and behold that was the business is that kind of is that sort of how it is so now that you've you've created this delightful monster we shouldn't call it a monster at all should we but you know you know you've (laughs) created this delightful vehicle presumably now you can kind of back off a bit and focus more on as you have done writing your own book and growing a business
1: Yes. And I think, you know, I'm sliding in and and have wrestled with that constant battle that so many, um, you know, professionals, business professionals have where, you know, I now the business is it doesn't rely on me to read the books, as you mentioned. Mm. And so therefore it becomes a nice to do, but not a must do. Um, and I think that's, I, think I, I can relate better now to our end customers and users of just going, yeah, I want to, the books are on the shelf, but I don't have time. Mm. And I've just had to sort of, you know, kick myself a little bit and say, yeah, that's the excuse you've been hearing for years, right? <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm probably reading a book a month now. I, right. I interview a lot of authors. And so I try to read their books before I connect with them, mm. which uh, which helps keep me honest.
0: Sure. Well, look, you're, you're clearly a very good reader. What do you, What do you like as a business owner? You you quite happy with the way you're going there? Are you 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 impressed with your performance?
1: <laughs> Delighted with my performance. No, I <laughs> I have some great people around me that that help uh, sort of keep me on task and and humbled and focused. I'm I seem to run the gamut. Robert is in, uh, hopefully lots of us too. I'm hopefully not a total freak. Um, in the sense of wildly optimistic, giant vision, and mm. then, you know, the next day being so micro and focused on everything that needs to be done in this 10-minute window. And um, I find that, you know, we, we three years ago implemented a, um, a program, a meeting schedule based on a book called The Rockefeller Habits by uh, Vern Harnish.
0: Yep, we know him. And, he's, uh, he's quite well known in Australia. He comes over here regularly. Yeah, Fabulous.
1: Mm. Um, and I just learned he 's actually living in Barcelona like two and a half hours straight. so that 's um i know I know, so anyway, um we use the Rockefeller habits, and I found that that sort of frequency and meeting schedule really helps and uh and keeps us balanced so yeah i'd like to say we're we 're doing well we 've been you know over hundred percent growth every year for the last three years, so it's uh that's pretty good it 's going well I think right. yeah. you pick <laughs> can <begin laughs>
0: hang around outside his hafienda or whatever they call them over there. Anyway, look, another question I'd like to ask you. So you're in, part of, your, kind of your, your plan of what sounds like gradual uh, world domination is indeed coming over to Australia. And I know you've not been before. So you know, I'll, I'll make sure we've got the, uh, the runways all swept nicely for you when you do come over. So what's the plan there? Why Australia? What's, what's the appeal about moving your business here? or not moving your business here, but so expanding your business here.
1: Expanding it out. Yeah, I think so. For me, it's, you know, the business is, is people based. It's very much about relationships. Um, the, the actual consultant program, which I mentioned, is really our, our core expansion vehicle where consultants are licensing it and introducing it to their clients, the actual workshops and tapping into a community and a revenue stream. Um, and so I've been really looking at where the pockets of interest are. And back in last October of 13, I was a part of something called the Great Work MBA, which was run by uh, um, an ex-Aussie, ex uh, uh, Michael Bungay-Stanier, who's now in Canada. And um, we had a really large interest uh, from the Australian community, uh, business community, around what we were doing back in October. And it's continued to expand. Um, and when I look at where we want to expand to, I look for sort of, um, you know, low, least, path of least resistance. And with Australia, the beautiful thing about it is that, of course, English speaking, which matches with the Canadian uh, mindset, yep. um, you know, the the people, I, you know, the analogy I've always used is I feel like Canadians and Australians are like cousins at the family reunion. And uh, haven't seen each other in a long time, but there's always a lot of warmth and sort of shared idealism there um and so i've i've you know i love i love australians and so um you know saw a good opportunity to
0: um spend some time down there and
1: also to help out um with with bringing it to people that want it so that's that's the plan
0: all right well look that's and and best of luck with that i know you're you're coming over in a uh in a a few short weeks so in a moment we'll we'll (laughs) share a link where people can have a look at that because i think your notion there as you mentioned at the beginning that um It's basically where somebody who is perhaps a consultant and is possibly looking for a little more tools in their toolbox can now utilize um some of the services or some of the uh, programs that you've set up and then deliver those to to the big end of town to corporate so i'm sure it will be of of interest to a number of our listeners and we'll share a link in a moment to that so look before we get on to that and um, um, um i recognize that uh, the name you mentioned before michael buggy stainer i know i think he's i think he is an australian he's always going to be in australian he's just not living in australia of <laughs> my mistake <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i know he's, like, he's doing me, very well it? and uh, publishing a lot of good stuff as well so look I'd like to just kind of um, close this up and move, you know, I know you're uh, certainly a very interesting person in in how you're living your life and roving around. And, you know, it's, um, it's terrific to come across people that are are doing this. And uh, I'm sure once you come here, you'll never want to leave. But um, I'd I'd like to close up really with one question, but who, you know, with all these books you're reading, and these, these kind of people that you're, uh, have been in contact with and have um, you know had to rela- had some kind of relationship with who has been the greatest influence on you in your work or your life and what did what did that person actually teach you
1: uh, that 's a great question I think you know particularly from the author community um, I, I Seth Godin uh, yeah. is is probably one of my um, sort of biggest mentors and, uh, and and heroes in the business, uh, not just because of his sort of thought leadership but also the level of ethics and and mm. um, sort of you know, business theory that he brings to the table. Um, and the thing that I've always loved about Seth, to your question about sort of what has he provided, is that anytime I've, I've had the pleasure of interacting with him, he's, um, he's got me thinking in a completely different way than I was when I entered the conversation. Mm. And typically with a few well-chosen words. And I have, as a guy who tends to ramble on and on i have so much respect for people that can Mm. so simply yet powerfully uh, you know sort of shift your mindset and the question that i come back to all the time that he asked me years ago is um really simple but it's what do you want to have happen Mm. and i you know it's it's a good question every time i get caught in my head yeah i mean every Mm. time i get caught in my head of all the what ifs and where can we go and how do we coming back to that core question of, okay, skip all the nonsense. What do you want to have happen? Um, really has been uh, the most valuable tool I've ever uh, picked up from an author. Mm.
0: Okay. So Seth Godin, he's, he would be the person. He's He's the guy. Yes. Uh, look, I, I, I have to say, I I agree with you. And again, we talk, we talk about him a whole lot around here. And I've had a couple of minor, minor, minor interactions with him. Again, he wouldn't know me from a bar of soap, but whenever I've, Um, had any sort of email contact with him I'm just astonished that you get a response from the man not from somebody else but from him and uh, incredible and I just love his focus and commitment to writing uh, gems and they don't have to be 5,000 words long they can be 20 words long but his commitment I think for anyone who's Um, in any way struggling with marketing or communication or just the path ahead um, i think he's an absolute model of of just you know sticking to your knitting as people like to say and focusing on what you do best and just keep doing it brilliant person anyway so look um enough of me running on so let's um the link that we'd like to share with people then for anyone who'd like to Um, find out a little bit more about Chris and his business, and particularly this um, offering that you have for consultants, Uh, they should head Mm -hmm. to actionablebooks.com forward slash consultants. And I know you're coming over to Sydney, and this this podcast is going to be in August, um, and you're coming over a little bit later in August and and running a uh, sort of an intake, I think it is in Melbourne. So look, hopefully Mm -hmm. um, a few of the flying solo community will hook up with you. And, uh, Chris, it's been wonderful speaking to you. I hope you have a delightful day in Barcelona today. You're a lucky person. (laughs) Thank you, Robert. And um, look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks for spending your time with us. Me too. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. And that's where we'll leave this show from flying solo. I'm Robert Gerrish, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're looking to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, you'll find heaps of resources at flyingsolo.com.au and a supportive community on our forums and Facebook. Thanks for listening.